Hi everyone, welcome to the Life with Fibromyalgia podcast. This is your host, Noemi. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Uh, for those of you who are new to my podcast, I struggle with fibromyalgia due to a, or that was brought on by a vehicle accident in 2010. I struggle with PTSD due to childhood trauma, um, which of course, um, PTSD comes with many other symptoms, can't talk today, (laughs) aside from depression, you know, and anxiety. So if you would like to hear a little bit more about my journey, um, you can go ahead and listen to the uh, episode titled Intro. Um, I'm not sure, I can't remember actually how much I really discussed my PTSD or any of that. It's just been um, a while. But yeah, feel free to go and and listen to that episode to hear a little bit more about my journey. So today I'll be talking about my experience with feelings of loneliness. I'm sure a lot of you can relate because those of us who live with fibromyalgia or any chronic pain condition for that matter, uh, we don't have anyone who really uh, truly understands. I'm not sure if this is the same situation with some of you but I've met other women and men who struggle from fibro and many times we we probably have similar symptoms but at very different pain levels so various times did I meet people that you know have shared that they had fibro but they even, you know, shared like, wow, yours is a little too much. Um, Yeah, mine is pretty manageable or a lot more manageable. So in that sense, I feel like sometimes we don't even really have people that have fibro that can actually, um, you know, 100% relate in some aspects uh, as far as like pain levels and all that. But as far as uh, feelings of loneliness, I think that's pretty common for a lot of us with chronic pain, um, considering we, you know, struggle to really get out there and just kind of keep having our, you know, daily routines, such as, you know, uh, going out with friends, you know, all the uh, social interactions that kind of really dies down when you are diagnosed with fibro or any chronic pain condition. Um, Obviously, a lot of things change. Way too many things change if it's, um, you know, worse than, than, you know, I guess just worse as opposed to mild. But even then, sometimes with mild, it's not so great. So before I get into today's topic, I'd like to warn anyone who is listening right now um, that I will lightly get into my trauma. I won't be explaining what happened, but It technically is just feelings that I felt then and how I feel about it. So please, if you are listening and struggling, reach out to your local suicide prevention helpline or reach out to family or friends to better cope with, um, you know, whatever is going on inside you. For the United States, the number is 800-273-8255. If you're not a um, phone call person, you can always go into their website and, um, you know, chat with somebody there. Fortunately, I do not know or have any of the available resources or helplines from, you know, other countries to provide that to you if you're 
um, not located in the U.S. But I'd love to have that information to add to my episode descriptions, considering we struggle, you know, from depression and, uh, you know, just feelings of loneliness. You know, I think that's really important information um, that should be available or at least easily available for for um, people like me, you know, that that struggle, you and I, of course. So yeah, I just thought that would be a good thing to have. So if you have that information or would like to share it, um, you know, I'd really appreciate if you can send that to me. Uh, my email is lifewfibro at gmail.com. And uh, I'd really appreciate it if you have that information. You never know, it might help someone else. So, um, all right. So I'd like to point out that living with fibromyalgia or with any other pain condition, life is such a huge roller coaster when you're dealing with, you know, conditions like, like these, you know, one day we might be feeling emotionally and physically well, and then the next, um, you know, the good feelings are gone. And, uh, I want you to know that I totally understand. One day we can be very motivated and um, setting goals or anything, you know, anything else. And as I did, you know, two weeks ago, I believe, um, you know, uh, releasing the uh, goal setting episode. Well, um, shortly after that, I just, you know, became really, really sad in the sense of that I was feeling very alone and pretty much hopeless. So yeah, life is totally a roller coaster, right? But when you add a chronic pain condition or any other health condition to the picture, it's probably at a higher speed with even more twists and turns. So how do we experience, you know, feelings of loneliness? You know, having trouble finding friends um, who understand or simply keeping and maintaining friendships is pretty tough, which, you know, is a reason why a lot of us feel so alone. We don't feel well, therefore we, you know, decline many invitations to social events. Um, And the, you know, invitations that we do, you know, uh, attend, we, for the most part, are there for a certain amount of time, and then we're gone. Like we can, or at least in my situation, I feel like I could never be somewhere and like stay the entire time, you know, of an event. So it's like I do something or I do part of, you know, the event and then it's like, oh yeah, I gotta go. Right. So in that sense, I feel like people start feeling like you just don't want to be there. I don't, you know, I have no real um, idea, but, you know, at some point I did hear someone saying, you know, oh, why does she have to be such a party pooper? Like we were going to play a board game or whatever. So in that sense, like that, I understand, like eventually people start thinking like, <laughs> you know, you're a party pooper, like, oh my God. Right. Like if it wasn't for you, like we'd be playing right now, you know, right. That's very, even though it's so, so or in a sense, you know, it's kind of lighthearted in a way. It's a nice way, <laughs> even though it's not, but it's kind of a nicer way of saying like, oh, you suck, right? Like, why, aren't, <laughs> why can't you stay and play? Jeez, like, you're fine. You look okay. So, right. And, and in that sense, um, you know, eventually people 
um, stop inviting you. And so you start feeling alone because now a lot of friends, which are usually um, within, you know, the same circle of friends. And so if you lose one friend that's within that circle, it's obviously going to be all of them if you're, you know, if they're playing board games or whatever, for example. So that's pretty tough. There are sometimes, you know, aside from friends that you, you know, would hang out with that would play board games, you know, whatever is the case in your situation. Um, there are other people that you meet and you cannot make that friendship or, you know, maybe acquaintance into a real close um, friendship because, you know, you're giving people a chance. And the next thing you know, you know, you tell them you struggle with a condition like fibromyalgia and they all of a sudden have like the answer. It's like, oh, you know, all you have to do is, uh, you know, supplement with this and that, right? All you need to do is exercise. Trust me, if you, <laughs> if you just do this, right, you'll be okay. Like you just have to trust it or whatever, right? You know, and that, that becomes a very common, just, it's a very common thing that I hear, which I'm assuming many of you hear all the time as well, um, when you meet somebody new and that they somehow know somebody else that has the condition. Um, they're like, oh, well, they got better with this and all they had to do is that, right? Like many things might work for some people and many things might not work for many, you know, it's just kind of unknown how people's bodies are going to respond to things. So in that sense, it's kind of annoying, you know, when you're trying to have a friend and they somehow have the answer for everything. So, it, you know, sometimes they come up with some really bizarre, you know, really funny ideas that, oh, you just need to do this. And so, sorry about that, guys. All right. You know, well, I got a little uh, interrupted here, but um, I do remember me saying that, you know, there are very bizarre um, things that people suggest or, you know, just whatever. You know, they just suggest things that are, you know, fairly ridiculous. And I don't know. They're, they're just funny. And now, now I, I truly now laugh rather than get upset. It's just... It's just been such a long time of hearing all these things, these bizarre, like, things that would, you know, help. But now I'm just trying to see the... Trying to find humor in, or in you know, things that would bother me before. You know, they really aren't... It's not such a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal because it bothers me, but now I'm just like, you know what, whatever. This is just something I deal with um, when I meet someone sometimes, right? That you're trying to give um, the chance to actually make into a close friendship. <laughs> but anyway, so the other way that I experience loneliness is upon wake, you know, waking up in the mornings. Um, I don't know uh, about, I know actually that a lot of you struggle with mornings, right? Because that's, I think that's like even more common than anything with fibro. It's the mornings are just the worst typically. And that's, you know, the same in my situation. My mornings are really bad. And so I wake up and, and just upon wakening, it's like you're feeling so much pain. You're feeling that 
that fatigue, you're feeling all those symptoms just make you feel alone, or at least in my situation, I feel alone because I know that during the day or as I'm going about my day, I'm the only one that's struggling with it around me, right? Like there's no one around me that that is going through the same thing and that can possibly relate, right? So in that sense, it's just like, oh, like I wake up, I'm going to go about my day, but nobody understands. You know, there are a lot of people that are very well-intentioned and, and try to understand, and that's great. But at the end of the day, we are, you know, battling and fighting and, and trying and working on working on ourselves and trying to have good days. And just in general, we're doing our best, right? And unfortunately, yeah, we are alone, but, you know, we do have friends, we do have family. And so technically we're not alone because they're all definitely supportive, or at least I hope that you have supportive people around you. I have limited amount of people that are supportive just because I don't have many friendships now. And of course, you know, when you get older, you start losing friends because they do their own thing, right? It's normal for you to only have a handful of friends. But that's just how I experience my loneliness. Um, I wake up feeling lonely because it's just me, right? Um, I hope I'm making sense. But, you know, I, I truly do feel very alone when I wake up. And that's something that I've been dealing for a very long time. Um, and I almost think like when I got diagnosed and even before that, when I was having symptoms, like I felt so alone then because I was trying to figure out what's, what's happening to my body, right? Like what happened? What's, what did I all of a sudden, you know, um, what did I all of a sudden develop, right? Like what, what, um, condition, so it's like you begin feeling alone because nobody relates. You don't know what's going on. And, you know, even after you know, it's just like, oh, man, like now I'm dealing with this by myself, you know, not having anyone that could possibly truly relate. So in that sense, that's how I struggle in the mornings. And something that I wanted to point out is, um, you know, for example, in my culture, right? If you're feeling tired or not doing anything for that matter, your pain is basically considered or you're considered as very wimpy and for lack of a better word, but you're basically considered a very lazy person if you're just not doing anything right at home. If you're quote unquote relaxing when you're actually trying to recover from a flare or whatever is the case, right? Um, whatever symptom you're dealing with at the time. Yeah, in, in my culture, it's if you're not in the hospital, then you're not really sick. So in that case, it's that that's it's just sad. It's just sad how that's the way that it is in my culture. And I'm sure there are other cultures that kind of deal with similar things, or maybe it's like a common thing. But I know for sure in my culture, it's like you have to be active, like you have to be doing your thing, right? Like, you have to be this really strong, you know, mentally strong, physically strong person. And that truly annoys me because in reality, like all of us with fibro or any chronic condition for that matter, we're always, always trying to be strong. 
like that's our daily struggle like we're just trying to be strong to get through the day to get through the next minute to get through the next five minutes the next hour the next few hours right so it's we're always trying and when you know people start telling you like be strong don't don't let this you know defeat you and and yeah that's great it's great maybe motivation whatever but at the same time it's like don't you see like I'm trying right I don't know that's just kind of how I feel right like and and I'm not sure if it's cultural you know and all that stuff that that I have people around me you know mention that a lot where it's just you just have to be strong but I know for sure I've seen that around everywhere so I'm sure it's not just my culture but if I'm not in the hospital I must be okay thankfully I do have my mom and sister who are very understanding in the beginning I know they were a bit like what the heck is fibro like you know like what are you talking about like we have no idea what this is or you know I think my sister kind of had an idea but not necessarily 100% um my mom definitely did not have any idea of what fibro was or is so you know little by little I had to um you know start educating her about the symptoms what it's like what it feels like and you know slowly and surely she now um understands uh that it's a widespread you know pain condition etc etc so now my mom and sister are you know they're always uh looking out for me so that's that's been really nice so all of us with fibro are always trying as i said we're always trying to do our best trying to get through life as best we possibly can physically and of course um emotionally it's uh definitely a pain condition for sure right because it's pain that we feel within our bodies but it's it really affects us mentally you know it really changes your life sometimes in some situations right in others maybe a little um you know that it really varies and sorry I'm like moving my feet I have my laptop on my lap so I hope I'm not getting all these noises going into and I apologize if the sound is all over the place this is my second time recording in the car and I'm at a very different location so it might not be so quiet anyway so you know like I said we we are affected physically but it ends up affecting us emotionally very much for the changes that happen within our lives so in that sense as well like we start I start feeling alone you know it's just oh my god all these changes you know in my life I I, like no one's dealing with this around me right like I'm the only one and of course you know you're not the only one but who has many people around that have fibro or dealing with similar like something very similar um in my situation it's tough I I don't know anyone as a friend locally whatever like that I just don't have that someone right that's like hey I know what you mean like you know and unfortunately right now my mom is like relating to me a lot and she is in the process of trying to figure out what's wrong and unfortunately we think it's Lyme disease and it's been tough because you know out of the family it's my mom and sister out of the uh, out of us figure I can be the one 
right, to struggle with all this stuff, like mental and physical problems. As long as they're okay, I'm fine, right? Let me be the only person dealing with this stuff. Why? Because I don't want and wouldn't want anybody else, you know, even my enemies. I just wouldn't wish it upon anybody. And now that my mom is developing certain symptoms and just that her pain level, um, being a little higher sometimes it's it's just been really odd um or it's been an odd experience having having someone around you dealing with something similar which is great that she can relate to me but it's very sad it's very sad that she has to deal with what my world has been right for 11 12 years it's like oh no I thought I was going to be the person in my family to handle all the illnesses, right? Like anything that's negative as far as health, like I figure, let me be the one, right? And now that she's experiencing, you know, symptoms for Lyme disease, it's weird. I'm still trying to figure out how how I'm feeling about that. You know, we're not 100% sure it is Lyme. But my mom and I have a very strong feeling that's what it is based on her symptoms and based on things that we have read and the support groups online. It's very scary and I don't know. I I really don't know much about Lyme disease. So in that sense, it's scary for me. And it's very overwhelming having to to do all the research and, and, you know, uh, it's just like a whole other... It's like a second job because I'm interacting in groups, right? In support groups online and like trying to figure out like, hey, like, you know, this is something that happened. These are symptoms that are happening now. Um, These are the test results, right? That in its own is very like its own thing, right? So in that sense, that's been something I've been dealing with as well. And uh, in general, uh, that's been tough. I guess I can go on with that in another episode and I'm sorry I I lost track or, you know, just kind of went on a tangent. So uh, once again, you know, like saying feeling alone in quite specifically, I guess what I want to say is that, yes, I feel very lonely with my chronic pain condition with fibro, but I feel like my trauma has had even more more of an effect in my life as far as feeling lonely. And of course, you know, we know that trauma, you know, is kind of closely correlated. I don't know what term, I forget what, you know, that there's so like one comes from, fibro comes most likely from trauma, you know, physical, emotional. And so in that sense, my loneliness, my feelings of loneliness are highly tied to, to my trauma. You know, in my situation, it was physical abuse, emotional, psychological in some ways. And and in that sense, it, that makes me feel very alone. It's something that I'm still having lots of trouble brushing off. You know, it's it's like I've been through therapy for so many years that, which is technically the same amount of time that I've been struggling with fibro. I got diagnosed in 2013, I remember very clearly, March, (laughs) March of 2013. And then I went and 
you know, found a, uh, a therapist in August of 2013. Why? Because I couldn't deal with it anymore. I couldn't deal with the struggles. I couldn't deal with, you know, the trauma that was just really in my mind 24-7. I couldn't deal with the with fibro. It was so new to me. I was like, I don't know what is going on. Like, my life seems like it's ending, right? So in that sense, I... That's, that's when I started getting help, right? From, you know, from psychologists. Um, and it's been a roller coaster in the sense of, yeah, I'm in therapy, then I get hospitalized. And because I get, you know, I, I have suicidal ideation. So, you know, it's gotten pretty bad at times throughout the years. And then I go back to feeling okay. And, you know, whatever. It's just kind of been a cycle. And... I'm sorry I'm like all over the place right now because I'm like truly trying to get you know the the whole situation and feelings how it feels right because I think it's something that's kind of tough for someone to truly understand the feelings of loneliness which are tied to trauma you know you might have had your family you might have had so many people around you but maybe you had you didn't have that close connection right with anybody so in that case you you feel so alone when you're a little kid right or at least in my situation as a you know having gone through childhood trauma I felt like I didn't have anybody like I could possibly feel safe with right my in my situation my mom was somewhat of a safe um person not that she did anything you know bad but I just didn't feel safe um, with her for, you know, whatever, I don't want to get into it, but for certain conditions that were going on. So I didn't really have that, that strong, safe person or safe place, right? So in that sense, I, I felt so alone. It's like, I felt like I don't have anybody that could possibly help me, right? And so as you grow up, and now that I'm an adult, you know, at the time I experienced all the trauma, you know, beginning at two years old. And now that I'm 34, it's like those feelings of loneliness, like have not like gone away. I almost feel like it's gotten worse. I I, I don't know. It, it might be dependent on, you know, what's going on around me. But as for now, I'm thinking the pandemic might have, you know, totally made that worse considering I cannot have coffee with my best friend or just, you know, another friend, whatever. In that sense, I feel like it's kind of like made my loneliness a little more present and a little stronger, I guess, um, experiencing loneliness a lot more. Um, and more deeply, it just, it it's hard. I just don't, it's hard for me to describe it as it is because I'm, I don't have such a wide, I think I just tapped the microphone. Well, I just don't have a wide vocabulary, you know, describing things. But what I really would just want to say is that feelings of loneliness are not, are not something that people truly think about. I think they might think about it, but I don't think they really know, you know, the, how deep, these feelings are when you've gone through trauma. You know, there can be people that have gone through, you know, whatever is the case, you know, um, some sort of um, situation, they do feel lonely, but then, you know, their life kind of goes back 
quickly bounce ba- bounces back to normal, right? Not that there's a normal, but you know what I mean. In our situation, if you've gone through really bad trauma, it's the feelings of loneliness are really tough to overcome. They might go away, but at the end of the day, maybe after a social event, after any interaction with anybody, um, you feel very alone. And by that, what I mean is, like in my situation, um, when I'm around um, my fiance's family, which is a very different um, dynamic. It's a very different dynamic in comparison to what my family dynamic has been. And now it's obviously gotten better compared to my past. But in this situation, his family dynamic is just a whole different, you know, it's a whole different world for me. It's very, um, it's, it's a very good dynamic. Um, you know, everyone has their issues, but in their dynamic, it's like, uh, you know, let's speak, let's see, sit down and discuss how we can move forward from this. Right. And, and it's, it's just, to me, it's just amazing that there are people and families like that, right? Like, because I was so, I've been, right, since I was a kid, I've been in my own family and I just, um, you know, just like anyone would think, oh, this is how everybody, this is how every family is, right? Um, but in reality, no, it's not. Like, um, and so meeting his family and, and, you know, being with him for about seven years now, it, it's a whole different experience. And, you know, after seven years, I still feel like I don't fit in, you know, they're very nice and they're very accepting everything. Right. But I still feel very alone. I feel like I don't fit in. I feel like I don't fit in within my own family. Um, I feel like I don't fit in with friends. I just feel very, very out. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I can't truly relate to people or in the, in the situation with my fiance's family, I know I'm experiencing a lot of dissociation, um, because it's just very unreal in a way, right? Like, how is this even possible? Like, this is different. How weird, right? Like, I don't know. It's, (laughs) I try and be present, right? And enjoy the, the good, uh, company. I try and enjoy the, the difference, right? The good difference, um, for my, my, what my family was before. And now, uh, it's just tough. I, I just, I just wish that there was a way that we could quickly, right? Get out of that loneliness, um, or feelings of not belonging. And apparently this is a very common thing for people that have gone through trauma, we basically don't feel like we belong anywhere. The fact that we didn't grow up with very um, safe places or people, you just start to believe like you're the only one um, that's dealing with that. And in my situation, I couldn't obviously say a word to anybody, right, about what was happening at home. Like you go to school and it's just like, you know, you'd love to say something because you feel you know, really crappy, but you can't because then that person might tell, 
you know, whatever. It might tell your teacher. They might tell the police, right? And then it just goes on from there. And you obviously are very afraid of the consequences. Like, as a kid, come on. Like, you don't even know, but you are very afraid because... You know, you've been told if you do this, this is what happens. And so you're like, oh, no. Right. Like, even though it's the most horrible um, experience that you're going through, it just something else just becomes so scary. I don't know. That's the way that I experienced it. And I think it was more it was more the fear. Right. Like someone told me, no, don't do it. Right. Like, so it's the fear. Like, what if I do the opposite? Right. Like, anyway, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to like, you know trigger, you know, trigger some of you. So anyway, like that, that, that's like the type of loneliness that I'm, that I really wanted to get into truly, you know, because a lot of us with chronic pain conditions, we've gone through trauma and the feelings of loneliness are quite intense and it's tough for people to relate to that loneliness, that type of loneliness. We've gone through so many experiences within our childhood that we uh, start struggling with many different things. And, you know, with PTSD, you know, because of all the trauma, you end up with chronic pain. You end up with, you know, some of you might end up with PTSD like me. And all that is like this huge, right? Like, who around you is dealing with PTSD that you know very well? right? Like no one's going to come up and tell you like, Hey, like I struggle with PTSD. It's just like, everyone's trying to be, you know, everyone's trying to live their lives, you know, as best they can. And as we are, right. So we're not going to share with each other, like, Oh, I'm struggling with PTSD. So, you know, I don't know. It's just tough to kind of open up to some people. Um, you don't know them and you are, you know, possibly giving them a chance to become a close friend, But at the end of the day, like, it's so tough to really go on and be like, be the downer, right? Like, oh, hey, right. Nice to meet you. By the way, I struggle with fibro. Oh, and I struggle with PTSD, right? And it's just like, you don't want to go up to people and tell them like, you know, I'm always in pain. I struggle with nightmares and I wake up feeling so scared or, you know, I I wake up feeling all these emotions, right? Like, the person's going to be like, oh, you know, just, oh, hell no, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and in that sense, it's just, you don't want to scare people off, I guess, you know? So it's tough, you know, struggling with PTSD, fibro, you know, just any chronic pain condition. Anyway, I, I was going to get into other stuff, like, you know, uh, you know, PTSD symptoms and all that stuff. Um, but I feel like it's already been too much right now, even for me. I just, I don't really talk about my trauma and I have in therapy. And as I mentioned previously, um, I've done, or I started, um, EMDR therapy, which interestingly, it's bringing back a lot of memories from my past and I don't mean like, oh my God, many, right? It's it's a few um, that I'm slowly remembering. And at this point in my life, I'm feeling a bit more, a bit more comfortable with asking, right? Um, I've been asking my mom like, hey, like, I don't know, but I have a feeling like this happened and this is what I see in, you know, in my head right now. And 
I have a feeling that this is what was happening, but I'm not 100% sure. And, you know, for some weird, strange reason, which I'm sure it's not strange for a lot of you that are professionals in this, but but for some strange reason, like everything now that I'm getting, maybe they're being validated, right? My The memories I'm having is just like, yes, they're true. Like, this is what happened, right? You know, having the courage now to ask about what I remembered, what, you know, what little feelings I get about what could have possibly happened then, right? And that's the way I experience, um, you know, recalling memories. It's like, I see it, right? But I also get feelings like, I don't know, I get this very big feel, you know, huge feeling that this is what happened. And that those are things that I'm now sharing with my mom. And she's like, you know, you know, verifying. Yeah, that's what happened. And there are times when she's like, oh, okay, you know what? Like, um, yes, but this is what blah, 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 right? Um, so it's been very, I feel like it's been very uh, validating and it's been very helpful for my, you know, with my therapy, um, especially MDR. I think it's helping me process everything more confidently and I know that sounds very weird probably to a lot of you but in uh, what I'm saying by it's um making me now process everything confidently is that now I know that these memories that I that I'm that I'm remembering are real right and that they're true and the reason why I'm saying that is because I've always always questioned like well maybe these are false memories right maybe what I think happened wasn't so bad, right? Like maybe I'm just, you know, making this worse than what it actually is, right? Remembering it as worse than what it was. So I think, and and it's been very healing, knowing that they are true, um, knowing that, um, that what I experienced was what it was, you know, it wasn't like, less than I'm I'm not exaggerating right because that's what I thought I'm not sure if um many of you experience that yourselves because I also don't know many people that have gone through my type of trauma but it's just it's just so great right now that I'm able to to talk to my mom and ask about the things that I'm remembering before there was no way I would I, I had the you know as I say I had the guts, right? I didn't have the, you know, um, courage to ask because I felt that I was just going to start crying. And now at this point in my life, I I might want to cry, but not really. It's more of like, matter of fact, like, let's check, like, you know, let's check the facts. Was this true or not? Right. Is this memory true or not? You know, now I'm seeing it that way. So it's a lot easier to, to talk about it and a lot easier to listen to. So I don't know. I hope that this somehow, uh, helps you, you know, if you're dealing with something similar, like I am in the sense of like, you know, it truly helps to have it verified, you know, that, that what you went through is what you're remembering is actually true right? And that you're not making up things. You're not exaggerating things in your head. I know that not a lot of you have the opportunity to, you know, ask these questions because the people around you are definitely unhealthy to have around you. They're probably very toxic. I'm just very, um, 
very lucky that I have my mom and sister that went through, you know, through everything similar to like I or similar like I did, right? So we relate very much and and they're able to verify things for me. So in that sense I encourage you to to look into this if it's a good idea for you to do this. Um, talk to your therapist. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a professional, so um, I cannot guide you or tell you what to do, but I do encourage you to maybe talk to your therapist um, and ask, you know, or maybe your therapist will even tell you, like, these aren't false memories, right? Like, what you remember is what you experienced, and it's true for that, right? Your feelings are valid. And yes, they are. They are very valid. But I don't know. It might help you. I'm not sure. I know it's helping me, but it's worth looking into if you're really struggling. I know this has been like, I guess it's been like a huge breakthrough because things are being verified. And that was something I always questioned. You know, I always questioned maybe that I'm just exaggerating. And that would make me feel like even more alone as well, right? Because it's just like, I'm just exaggerating. I, it's just me, um, you know, but anyway, you know what I mean if you've gone through this or have a similar experience. Um, so I think I just went on another tangent, but I'm hoping that you somehow were able to relate if you've gone through trauma. And of course, if you have fibro or any chronic pain condition, I know you understand that that you um, might be feeling lonely because there's not a lot of people around you that truly understand or or that are experiencing very similar symptoms, you know, and, and sometimes not at the same, if they do, maybe not at the same, not to the same extent as you are. All right. So that's all I have for you guys for today. I think I'm, I might need to do a, uh, a coping skill right now to to feel okay about this. You know, it's, I'm not like in a bad place. It's just like, you know, every time you kind of talk about things in therapy or whatever, at the end of the session, a few minutes before the session, it's good to kind of ground yourself, right? And get back into that, you know, good space in your head, not just go on, you know, but yeah, I think I might just picture my safe place in my head for a few minutes and look forward to editing this episode because I knew it might help someone. So yeah, um, that's all for, for today. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, please know that you're not alone. All your feelings are valid and you have nothing to be ashamed of, um, you know, because of them. Uh, keep on fighting and reach out for help if you're not feeling well. Um, feelings of loneliness can take us into very dark places. Um, Uh, where we sometimes have trouble getting out of. So please stay safe, reach out for help and look for, you know, look out for each other. Um, I know right now with the pandemic, it's, you know, we've all been, you know, somewhat isolated, um, you know, within your own family. I mean, you know, together with your families, maybe not, maybe you live alone. Um, So in that sense, you know, look out for each other. If you know somebody that lives alone and does not have family, it's nice to kind of um, you know, keep in touch with these people and making sure that they're okay. Uh, if you'd like to share your story with me or simply want to get in touch, you know, and be pen pals per se, uh, my email address is life 
lifewfibro@gmail.com. That's L-I-F-E-W-F-I-B-R-O at gmail.com. And I'll be more than happy to get in touch with you. For the next episode, um, I'll probably be discussing um, how we can start coping with feelings of loneliness. I think it's really important, you know, to, to dive into this topic just because it's something that I feel like it's a huge thing that's within us that we experience. Um, and I don't want any of us to go through life or from now on to um, not have those skills, right? To, to um, be able to better manage those feelings. Um, I think it would help um, a lot of you, or at least I hope it does. Um, I'd really like for it to be out there for everyone Um you know, to kind of have, um, something to listen, to listen to that they might find useful. So I'm really trying to get some sort of schedule (laughs) with the podcast, you know, um, releasing episodes. Um, I think every two weeks might be the case. I'm, I'm really trying to work on it. I'm, you know, working full time and I'm working on, you know, finding a balance. So, I love this podcast and I want it to keep some sort of schedule, but do know I am working on it and so far it's going okay. You know, the fact that I'm recording right now is like great. So it's like I'm following some sort of schedule in a way. You know, I recorded this episode previously, but you know, things uh, somehow delete or just, you know, corrupt. So that sucked, but you know, this is the second recording and I feel like it's a lot better than the other one. All right. So enough about me just talking about any, you know, I'm all over the place. Um, thanks again for listening. I hope that you got something out of this episode. Um, please feel free to share, um, with somebody that's possibly going through something similar. I think it would help or it helps, you know, people, um, knowing that they're not alone. So yeah, feel free to, um, you know, tell someone about this um, podcast. Um, thanks again for listening once again and until next time. Bye guys.